<laughs> Did I scare you? Listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. Did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And I am his co-host at America's Christmassy little brother, Vin. I don't <laughs> I don't know that Christmas works as an adjective, Vin. <laughs> Feeling very festive. There you go. I'm America's most festive little brother. That's better. Okay. For those of you who haven't listened before, this is not the podcast where my brother mixes up adjectives with verbs. <laughs> this is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, you selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie you selected? I have selected for all of us the 2015 Krampus. And Vinny, who was this movie directed by? The same guy that did Trick or Treat. <laughs> That's right, it's Michael Doherty again. <laughs> Welcome back, old friend. Vinny, did you know that before you no. watched the movie? No, I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, I knew that because I asked you two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't give him the peek behind the curtain, Jake. Jesus. It's <laughs> As always, Vinny, his name came up in the credits, and I was like, oh... Okay. <laughs> and you probably were like, Viz, I couldn't see that. Uh, Vinny, have you seen Krampus before? I do. And you know what? I said that I owned it, and I could not find the DVD for the life of me. So, I don't know if I made it up, but I'm pretty sure I own it. It's somewhere in this house. Yeah, probably tossed down in some giant fire pit. <laughs> Well, needless to say, I ended up having to fucking rent so it's just like, I guess I'm paying penance in some way. Alright, Vinny, what did you think of Krampus the first time you saw it? I thought it was okay the first time I saw it. The first time I did watch it, I watched it with our mother, and she really did not like it. No, this would not... <laughs> this would very much not be the type of thing that she would enjoy. No, not whatsoever. Mother does not enjoy horror movies. Okay, She's... don't call her mother like that again, because I didn't like that. Mother does not enjoy these movies, no. She enjoys the sweet stumbling shows such as The Masked Singer, or was it Hollywood Square? <laughs> Bones was the big one. I, yeah, she really fucking she really loved bones. That's for sure. I had a running bit when I still lived at home where I would come downstairs and make up a theme song for bones, and eventually she would get mad enough to tell me to go away. <laughs> I still kind of do that when it's just like I walk in, they're watching Yellowstone, and I'm like, "Here's Yellowstone, a bunch of cowpoke and drugs and mafia stuff." The other thing I would do is I would earnestly say to her, I'd be like, hey, mom, you know what? I think Bones and Angel are in love with each other. <laughs> We're like, I awful. really do. We're awful, sons. <laughs> anyway, she didn't like that. Shout out to mom who was never listed, thank God. Um, <laughs> she did once. Then she ridiculed us about the swearing. 
Shit ridicule. <laughs> she wasn't happy. Uh, okay, Vinny, back to Krampus, which Mom did not enjoy. Uh, I never seen it before, but I was aware it existed. The idea is interesting enough. We will get to whether or not I thought it was executed well. <laughs> and if you already have seen the runtime of this episode, I bet you could guess what I thought. I... I, I assume. Love <laughs> yeah, I love that you're already like you're you're preconceived. Like you're like, well, you know, look at the time. Yeah, I'm already like skipping two or three sentences in my notes in my head. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> in advanced. No, there's nothing to apologize for. Vinny, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the meat of the movie? No. Well, I guess are you actually familiar with like the tale of Krampus? Let let, let it like outside of the movie oh, itself. Yeah, it was something that was like fairly popular online for a couple of years before they made the movie. Right, right, right. It's, it's just like one a- of those things where like people online like to be like, "Oh, did you hear? There's like a German Santa that like instead of giving presents, like kidnaps kids if they're bad." <laughs> You're like, that's "Oh, that Belgian sounds fucking creepy." Yeah, it's a Belgian folklore. And then, like, they go hard with celebrating it, too, in the streets. Like, they celebrate it almost like it's Halloween. Red car, good note. (laughs) All right, that's it. That's all I had to say. All right, well, Vinny, let us tarry no further. Let us get into the meat of this movie. Okay, well, let's go to the movie. <laughs> no thank you then we start with a frozen universal logo with wind swirling and outer space snow there's no atmosphere Vin. how'd that snow get there i don't know how are we breathing right now <laughs> quick get us back to earth then we get a frozen legendary pictures as well and it gives way to the classic it's beginning to look a lot like christmas with the slow-mo of a bunch of black friday shoppers knocking over a retail worker so starting off hot in this movie and i guess thank god that black friday is no longer like this anymore so this is incredibly outdated (laughs) yeah this is before a global pandemic made people unable to afford much for christmas (laughs) (laughs) it's not even that it's just they extended black friday out for like a week and you can buy shit online and it's just like, I don't know, the luster of it being like the one day is no longer there anymore. Yeah, I made the crossover, I think probably about 10 years ago, where I bought everything online for Christmas. And then I was like, oh, I'm never going to do this in <laughs> store ever again. Yeah, this is great. I love the future. Of course, I mean, like, the other side of that is, like, some poor bastard's working 20 hours in a row in an Amazon <laughs> warehouse. He's like, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. And they're like, if you boost your efficiency by 5%, we'll boost your pay by 25 cents. Yeah. Yeah, if y'all don't know, <laughs> Amazon bosses are algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all LG Rhythm, the Don Cheadle character <laughs> from the newest Space Jam. <laughs> Anyways, Vinny, another retail worker takes a head dive off a ladder, and 
people are just kind of wailing on each other and security guards are tasing people. And mm-hmm. in the midst of this chaos, Adam Scott and Tony Collette run up on some kid in a reindeer outfit in a fist fight with one of the wise men. And Scott yanks out the scrappiest Rudolph of all out of there. And we got a black screen that fades into an old-ass Christmas carol on the TV. Mm-hmm. This is when the actual title comes out, doesn't it? Probably. <laughs> I like it. I like the uh, the look of the title. It's got like a shimmering old kind of brass look to it with like a icicles kind of coming off the, the lettering of Krampus. Looks nice. Stylistic. Okay. In the kitchen are tons of cookies and shit getting made. And an old lady is working happily when she hears the ruckus. It's Scott and family coming home. And Clit gives her son shit for fighting someone bigger than him. The kid was upset because the wise man he was fighting was telling all the kids that Santa is a marketing ploy. <laughs> Which, it's just like, who fuck employed this man to like go and try to crush like these kids' dreams? <laughs> I think he also says, like, he was invented by Pepsi and his teenage sister's like Coca-Cola. <laughs> He's kind of right. <laughs> no, she got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On exactly the where Santa comes from. Yeah, Coca-Cola. And to think, if, if fucking Pepsi was the one that invented, Santa would be blue. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered it, but yes, and he would also have slightly less cocaine. <laughs> Now, Scott thanks his mom for making so many cookies, but he's like, don't overdo it because Colette bought some at the store. I guess knowing what we know now, Vin, I mean, she must have the tremors being like, no, I gotta make these cookies. Yeah, she she knows what's going on. She knows what's going down. Every fucking Christmas is like, you know, could be her last. Yeah, and then Vin, she says Danka, so we know she's German. Mm-hmm. And Rudolph wants to watch Charlie Brown Christmas, but Adam Scott is pretty much a 90s movie dad who's too busy working to do Christmas stuff. Yeah, that's his sin, I guess. Mm-hmm. Then Scott mentions the family is arriving in the next scene, and the daughter accuses them of leaving... <laughs> There's no <laughs> other way to say this. Human shit in her bed last year. Oh. Ha. Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the disagreement seems to be about whether or not it was the dog. I I mean, you could tell. <laughs> you could fucking For most tell. dogs and most people, Finn, let's put it that way. <laughs> but if you get the right combo, could be a doubt. Uh, Colette says, it's family, yada yada. When the daughter leaves... She notices the mall Santa was checking out the teen daughter's ass in the photo. Yikes. <laughs> yup. Hey, Jake, do you still have that number for the police that we just booked M. Night Shyamalan? We're going to have to call him up for this guy, too. Oh, no, Vin. The whole prison is focused on Shyamalan. You can't <laughs> let him escape. Can't let him out of his sight. We have to put him in, like, a fucking cell like Magneto. Yeah, fucking 24-hour guards, everyone stationed at the firing. He's <laughs> got like 20 guards set up, their fingers on the trigger, ready to pull, you know, just one bead of sweat. I'm just saying, like, someone could drop the hammer. Oh, yeah, no. He's going down like Gil Bellows in the Shawshank Redemption. 
Anyways, <laughs> Rudolph is asking Grandma if she believes in Santa, and she's like, well, you get the Santa you deserve, more or less. Oh, not good. <laughs> then she gets a faraway look, telling us, I guess she deserved a bad Santa at one point. You'll see. Now, the teen daughter is Skyping upstairs with her boyfriend, and he's like, why don't we get high with my holiday bong instead? But she has to hang out with the family. And the house suddenly shakes with the arrival, and Scott drinks to prepare for them. <laughs> and Rudolph scrambles to finish his letter to Santa Claus. And the family is fighting on the steps when Colette is loading up the stockings. And, all right, here we go. We got Allison Tolman, who most people would probably know from uh, Fargo. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And she's got a dead-eyed son and David Cockner with her. <laughs> Fucking David Cockner. He's in all of this shit. <laughs> I, I mean, a uh, good move. I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> I didn't mean to drop uh, something so early. <laughs> I mean, this is like a part that's pretty much tailor-made for him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he has a little less baggage than, say, uh, Randy Quaid, who I guess plays the same type of part in uh, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> all right, so Cockner immediately drops and presumably breaks all the presents. And they got a couple more cousins with them and their little Steelers fans, and they're upset because they lost. Vinny, fuck Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, and fuck Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, you That's fucking Yinzers. <laughs> it's coming straight from fucking Raiders fans. Fuck y'all. All right, Rudolph asks Dead-Eyed Cousin what he asked for this year, but the kid does not answer. And the Steelers fans' cousins make fun of Rudolph for having letters standing in his hand. And then, Vinny, there's a surprise appearance. It's Aunt Two and a Half Men, who arrives and bitches <laughs> about the walk not being cleared off. I mean, you know what's funny is that they tailor make these, like, characters, but it's like, we all do have an aunt like that. Oh, yeah, no, she's definitely of a type. Now, <laughs> Colette is unhappily surprised to see her. And then Scott looks around at the end like, uh, isn't there another kid? <laughs> and Cocker's like, oh, shit, we left the baby in the car. Hold on. I mean, she, at least she's the not dead. Yeah, at least the baby's in the car. They didn't go, fuck, we yeah. left her at home. <laughs> That's a 40-minute trip. <laughs> and we left the Just fire the on. Fucking sticky bandits looking in and seeing a baby inside. They're like, this one we got, I think. <laughs> Listen, Mom, they only got the baby. <laughs> you protected the house. What a yeah, bunch of rubes. The baby immediately fucking does a blowtorch on them. They're like, I just, it's not. We should probably get jobs as accountants or something. <laughs> Anyways, collect. Marv, I don't know how to count. <laughs> he truly has issue with it. <laughs> collect gives Tolman crap for not telling her that Aunt Two and a Half Men was coming. And then Cockner hands the baby to Tolman and tells her, This warhead is armed. <laughs> with shit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we cut to dinner where dead-eyed cousin pounds some Mountain Dew and burps, and then Cockner laughs appreciatively and tells Scott that dead-eyed cousin will be the biggest lineman in the state. Vinny, since Adam Scott's here, I might as well say it. Are we having fun yet? 
<laughs> he does convey that look too, where he's like, you know, I don't think that your son's got like the muscle mass to be a linesman. And if all you're trying to do is just like, I don't know, feed him junk food to the point where he's like 300 plus pounds, he'll take one snap, twist his ankle, and then never play football ever again. Oh, I don't know, but it was Hawk Molly's got to pack it on. Hawk Molly! <laughs> <laughs> Cockner asked Scott if he played football, but he was like, uh, no, I was in Eagle Scouts. And Cockner pretty much thinks that's pussy shit. I mean, what's so pussy shit about, like, people being able to survive in the forest, man? Yeah, I would say both of them are too traditionally masculine for body activities. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk shit on either. I've never played either of those things, so. Damn straight. As a Tiger Scout for two weeks, I hated it. Anyways, <laughs> Cockner says that the only training he needs is the gun in his car that I guess he left with that baby before. <laughs> yeah, that's that baby's, like, you know, jostling around with that pistol in its hand. Yeah, I assume the baby just got done shooting Mr. Burns. <laughs> Anyway, the baby drops some fancy food that it doesn't like, and the dog eats it. Vinny, start the clock. <laughs> and I'm then stop it, because it, <laughs> it it should have probably ate whatever dropped on the ground. Yeah, I don't know how uh, dogs do with uh, fucking polenta or whatever. <laughs> At least it's not chocolate. Uh, two and a half men asked Colette if she didn't make her make a ham dinner because... This is a direct quote, unfortunately. She's a Jew now. Oh, my. <laughs> Scott tells her her dinner is wonderful as she leaves, and Cockner's like, it's pretty dry. That one got me a little bit. <laughs> Just a little fucking twist of the knife, like, Bleh. The Steeler cousins tell Rudolph that Santa crashed his sleigh and then had to eat all the reindeer. <laughs> you know, like fucking alive. Yeah, they were also on their way to a soccer tournament. <laughs> That's rugby, not soccer. Get it right. Either way, Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> he throws something at them, but teen daughter tells him not to start anything. And Colette has tortured up some creme brulee in the kitchen. Not two and a half bed sidles up to give her more shit. Colette's like, how about we go to your trailer next year? Why don't you get... <laughs> That's all she's got. <laughs> I mean, she's like, it's a nice double wide. <laughs> you probably fit about half of you. Oh. Anyways, oh God, I hate this fucking movie. I don't, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20 minutes. What am got... I supposed to say about any of this, man? <laughs> yeah, they show up. They suck. It's a shitty National Lampoon or, or uh, fucking Christmas vacation. You got it right. There's National Lampoon first. Whatever. <laughs> like At any rate, this is fucking boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, it does take a long time for them to build anything of interest in this movie. <laughs> Back at the table, Cockner is telling the table that reindeer is actually the most sustainable meat up north. Good note. <laughs> Steeler cousins reveal they stole Rudolph's letter to Santa. They start reading it out loud. And the letter goes, Rudolph wishes he could hang out with his sister more. No fucking 10-year-old thinks that. Yeah, no. 
No. No. When he you're... wishes his... I wish you wouldn't fucking come around me as much is probably what it should have said. Mm-hmm. He wishes his mom and dad could fall in love again. Because <laughs> he likes to watch. Uh, he also wishes <laughs> things weren't so hard for the aunt and uncle. So they get to be like, wow, you condescending little prick. <laughs> you fucking, wow. He's like eavesdropping. Like, what? so... If he knew that their relationship was fucked up, is it that because he's like eavesdropping for phone calls and being like, wow, my aunt and uncle, man, they fucking hate each other. I was waiting for them to be like, you think that fucking Hubbard is cheap? We're doing fine. Seriously. I mean, like, they're obviously loaded. (laughs) Unless it's probably because they're claiming all those kids of dependents and whatnot, you know. All right, the Steelers fans get to the end, and then they're just kind of, like, mouthing along with the letter, and then they're like, our dad does not wish we were boys. <laughs> now, Rudolph gets into a fight with the twins and runs off by himself. He goes upstairs and sadly reads his letter when Adam Scott comes in, tells him that the cousins will be leaving in a few days. Bummer. A few days, they say. That's so weird. Like, I think it's coming from, like a weird place for us because typically when it comes to like our Christmas like festivities it's like one night of a few hours of like partying and then the next day it used to be we would just hang with like one side of our family not like hang with you for like a few fucking days so I think the big difference Vinny is that they're clearly traveling from a pretty large distance away so if you're driving like 10 hours or something, then yeah, it makes sense to stay for a couple of days. Oh, that definitely uh, makes my joke earlier about them leaving the baby home a lot of, <laughs> it gives it a lot more weight. Oh yeah, no, there was a lot of time to realize that baby wasn't there then. <laughs> like I haven't heard cooing or any like noises coming from the baby about like five hours ago. I mean, let's assume the mom's not breastfeeding. You still need to make the formula. But at, at any rate, um, yeah, so Rudolph doesn't get why they have to put up with them. And Scott's like, well, it's just family for you. And then Scott tries to get to something like, well, sometimes you have to work harder to find out what you do have in common with family. No, <laughs> no, sometimes you could just cut yourself off from family members and say, fuck you. I'm not dealing with your shit no more. This is another thing that hits different after the pandemic where, like, you couldn't see people for a while. And some people you couldn't see, you're like, maybe it was better not see it. <laughs> yup, it's like, hey, man, that really opened my eyes up to a lot of different things. Thanks, pandemic. You're like, hey, you know what I didn't miss? You. <laughs> Cold but true. So, anyway, Scott takes off and Rudolph seals up his letter for Santa. Then he fucking changes his mind and tears it up and tosses it out the window. Stupid letter. Stupid. Wants them to be boys. How could I say that? So says their name Stevie and what the fuck was the other one's name? They're just Steelers fans. (laughs) How dare you try to come at me with Christian names on this podcast? (laughs) I know my place now. Anyways, it scatters to the winds, and it starts snowing and thundering. Then the lights <laughs> flicker, and the wind is howling. It's not the worst. I mean, like, 
haven't I feel like it's not normal, but I've been around like a December night where it was snowing and thundering out. It happens every now and then, and every time it does, it seems like the start of an apocalypse. Who knows? Maybe it is, or somebody's dealing with like a Krampus crisis themselves. (laughs) Check in on your neighbors this holiday. Make sure they're not having a Krampus crisis. (laughs) They're like... How are you feeling about the Christmas spirit? Do you still believe? You're like, no, no one does. That makes this movie seem pretty fucking stupid, doesn't it? Sure does. Anyways, all the lights go out in the neighborhood, and then someone opens up an advent calendar to reveal some awful snow monster. Outside the next day, the sun sees a creepy snowman in the yard. Probably unrelated. Yeah, has nothing to do with that at all. Didn't somebody make that this morning? Probably. <laughs> Colette is bitching to Scott that the weatherman didn't see any snow coming. And she's like, I don't know how we're going to make it without heat or electricity. And I'm like, yeah, your pipes are probably frozen, which is like a real issue. And it's not even right now when the water turns off. It's when they come back later and... <laughs> It thaws out, then the water's going to expand, and, like, your pipes are going to burst all over your house. It's a fucking mess. Yeah, I, listen, I know a lot Anyways. About, I know a lot about that. I've had to watch our grandparents' house and make sure that their temperature was just high enough so their pipes wouldn't freeze. Yeah, this is the scariest part of this movie, Finn, where I'm like, those pipes are going to freeze for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking, like, thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of damage. They're like, maybe you have enough time to drain the system, but I doubt it. <laughs> Did you put coolant in there? Oh, no, you didn't? Uh-oh. No, no antifreeze. <laughs> Anyways, Colette... Oh, wait, no. Rudolph points out the snowman to his parents, but they don't give a shit. Neither do we. Whoops. <laughs> and then Colette Oh, wait, says, we're not oh. hiding it anymore. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Glad says all the neighbors are on destination Christmases because I guess they live in the same fucking uh, neighborhood as Home Alone. <laughs> it's like nobody else is home except for them. I mean, that must be kind of nice. It's like I got the neighborhood to myself. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's that van yeah, down the road, though? <laughs> it's a DHL guy arriving because I guess they couldn't afford UPS. <laughs> It drops off something, and Tolman notices two other packages outside, which he says, must be the boys in brown, wink. (laughs) Fucking UPS. Hey, God bless UPS. Cockner hauls it inside for them, and him and his wife make some sort of crack about rich people always getting free stuff. Ha ha? (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't know, like... People in, like, the middle class could get free stuff to try it out, too. It's not just exclusive. What are we saying here, Finn? It's like, you get to try... Haven't you been on, like, Amazon where they're just like, try this shit out for free for us? No. I have a couple times, though, had Amazon be like, I guess we lost your package, (laughs) and then give me a refund, and then have the package show up the next day. Jake, you're not... (laughs) You're not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> it's fucking, oh my god, it's amazing. I have a free jacket that way. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's see. The teen tells her parents that she texted her boyfriend, but he hasn't responded because he's probably out with someone else. <laughs> Ow. Cold blooded. She wants to walk over to check on him because he's probably with someone else. <laughs> Catch him in the act. Probably with someone else. And Colette wants her to have some gal time with the Steelers fans when she gets back, but they are wrestling in the living room. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> We're fucking tried, folks. Listen, remember when <laughs> we read that email from John Chris where they're like, you guys squeezed every ounce that you could out of I know what you did last summer. This fruit's drying up pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something to squeeze, man. That's the problem. <laughs> Proceed. There comes a point where you're just like, this thing happened, then this thing happened. Was any of it interesting? No. No. <laughs> oh, lordy. All right. Grandma's making hot chocolate on the fire and pouring them for everyone. What's fucking funny about that, <laughs> family? She's German. That's funny. Dakuje. Yeah, maybe it was German chocolate. We all yuck it along. <laughs> no, it sounds delicious, actually. It's <laughs> the only thing that I can think of. It's like, I'd like to partake in also drinking that hot chocolate. <laughs> Vinny, we finally reached the point in this podcast where we're mad at the listeners for expecting us to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... That's it, folks. You get a half hour of an episode, and fuck you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? I already watched Krampus. Wasn't that enough? <laughs> <laughs> you think I could have done something better with my time? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We broke. That's We're fucking, we're done. Fuck this. Anywho. Outside, the teen is making her way through the swirling winds. As she gets further down the street, it gets unnaturally dark out. Mm -hmm. Which is weird, because if you've walked outside in, like, a December night with snow on the ground, it actually feels pretty bright out. Uh, Yeah, because snow reflects light, and because it's all white. Mm -hmm. Science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, science, bitch. Yeah, if it was black, it would absorb all of it. That's the way that colors work. <laughs> uh, there's some sleigh bell noises, and she sees a huge torn figure on one of the houses that starts hopping from house to house. I don't know, Vin. <laughs> Unrelated, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've already done that, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> She sees a Krampus hopping from house to house. It's called Krampus. That's what he's doing. That's what a Krampus does. It just hops from house to house. I assume she's like, look, it's a Krampus up there. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, there have been a few times that Krampus, unrelated, has hopped on a few people's roofs and then caused them to think, fuck, now I gotta get new shingles. Thanks, asshole. I had nothing to do with your freaking business, and you just destroyed my roof. You know, Vin, let's get into it. This fucking grandma, like, she already dealt with Krampus, right? What a fucking asshole that she doesn't tell her family, like, hey, you better take Christmas serious, otherwise this dude's gonna show up and kill everybody. Yeah, she's kept this dark secret for so fucking long. Just, 
sitting there with like a puss on her face with making fucking cookies and hot chocolate and dakache and all this stuff. And then suddenly she's like, hmm, guess he's coming around now. Well, shit. Guess what? It's happened before. <laughs> yeah, like if I went in a dressing room and there was a rattlesnake in there and I went outside... <laughs> And some dude was about to go in. I would be like checking out my jeans, like still looking pretty good. I'd be like, "Hey, bro, there's a fucking snake in there." <laughs> so if we were to put in a conclusion of like, say, you didn't say anything, and this guy got bit, he's on the ground, foam at the mouth, and then you go up to him and say, "I have something to tell you." <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, she's just, like, making hot chocolates. Like, I don't know, it might be a Krampus in there. I guess that's your fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, she's about to live through all of this all over again. Did not hint this at all. Yeah, didn't give them, like, a fucking chance to even prepare themselves. Just like, oh, yeah, it's probably fine that the same thing that happened 100 years ago or whatever is happening again now. Let the teen daughter walk out. I don't like her anyways. <laughs> it's like, listen, rather she get killed by some random toys or Krampus than find out that her boyfriend was cheating on her. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then the darker secret is the boyfriend's cheated on her with the grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Krampus for sure. Oh. All right, man, let's get back to this shitty fucking movie. Um, she runs back towards her house screaming for help, and she makes it to the DHL van, but the driver is frozen screaming inside. I assume that's actually because the UPS guy killed him. <laughs> Boys in brown. <laughs> you said the magic word. Yeah, he just fucking sprayed him with the cryo hose. Like, stay out of my territory, asshole. He slashed his tires. This is like, couldn't go anywhere. And then just basically threw the fucking hose in the freaking, in the cab. Yeah, fucking Krampus and his goddamn elves showed up. And they're like, well, 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 mister. Oh, shit, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a package. <laughs> did, did he deliver it? Oh man, is DHL even still around? Yeah, I get I get shit from DHL every once in a while. I get international stuff delivered by house sometimes, and that's oh yeah. Are they all packages from two twenty fifteen when I assume they were shit? Yeah. Hey, what's that rustling around in my closet, chick? I think those are some of those packages that came from DHL. No, no, those are from the boys in brown, Vin. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway, she hides under the van, mascara running, and then the figure lands next to the van, hoof it around it, and she covers her mouth to keep from screaming. I'll give her that much credit, Vin. Yeah, I mean, you know, gotta, like, be practical in some way. Yeah, at least she's not doing that horror movie thing of, like, <gasps> Yeah. But... Eventually, the figure jumps away somewhere else, and she looks around relieved. But then she can hear a toy box playing in the sil- um, playing Silent Night next to her, and it stops and pops open. And she cries a little more, and then something crawls out of it, and the van shakes, and she screams. Then it cuts away, and I'm like, "Oh shit, she's dead!" <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. She's uh. I mean, she comes back later, but, you know, in a different way. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it wasn't like something. It looked like a like a porcelain clown coming out of the box. I guess I missed him. <laughs> That's just how much you give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just like I how much Googling effort. Krampus you're... <laughs> run time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> All right. It's super dark in the house, and they still have no cell service. And Scott thinks it's weird that they can't see anyone out on the road, except for the UPS guy. <laughs> She's, like, kind of snickering in the bushes. It's like fucking THL. You got to worry about them anymore, let me tell you. <laughs> They've been a threat and a menace to the delivery service for years. He's like, what does he even stand for? Like, Department of Hotel... <laughs> leisure like what 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 are we talking about <laughs> they're like i don't get it and he's like you're not supposed to anyways colette is worried about teen daughter but scott thinks she's okay based on nothing and colette puts her head on scott's shoulder and says i miss us because i guess it's time for that part of the storyline yeah we gotta you know slowly pick apart what's wrong with them in their relationship yeah it's too bad this marriage doesn't end like the one in Hereditary. <laughs> or maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, I guess. Uh, there's a siren in the distance, and Rudolph comes into the room worried about his sister. And Scott asks Cockner if his Hummer can get through the snow. And Aunt Two and a Half Men's like, she probably has a shotgun wedding. And then she's like, wouldn't be the first time nodding at Allison Tolman. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is she referring to and how the fuck did that happen in 2015? I believe she is referring to uh, David Cockner knocking up Allison Tolman and them running off to get married. Oh, that's what that's supposed to mean? Shotgun wedding? Yeah, shotgun wedding means... <laughs> Shotgun wedding is basically a man knocks up a woman and her father <laughs> threatens him with a shotgun and under the watchful eye of the shotgun they are married. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's about as exactly what I thought it was. Okay, proceed. Yep. Cockner hands the baby off and German grandma comes over and talks in German to Scott. You know what she doesn't say? Hey, there's a fucking Krampus roaming around. <laughs> That's just like good fucking luck in German. Well, she said she's basically like, don't go out there. It's dangerous. That he's just like, I well, fucking I don't know what you're talking about. It's just snow. Yeah, obviously, it's just like, yeah, there's snow out there. It's no big deal. But she couldn't be like, no, there's a fucking Krampus. Before <laughs> you. Oh. It's because we need a third act of context to be like, slowly fed to us later yeah no she'll fucking come to and then be like i guess it's time to tell you about krampus now and be like actually the time to tell them about this was 25 years ago <laughs> when he could have prepared but thanks a lot asshole yep yep hey you the sun relays that she doesn't think anyone should go out it's too dangerous until the storm is over and scott tells her not to worry and leaves as they're driving through the snow, Cockner's like, global warming my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the usual go-to from people where it's just like, winter's always still cold. And it's like, <laughs> look at the polar ice caps, you fucking moron. 
I mean, yeah, that's the kind of the go-to. Um, <laughs> Scott thinks it's weird because he can't get anything on the radio. Although, who's to say that it's just broken? Yeah, no, because they're the... poor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Then they come up on a vehicle flashing some lights in the distance, and it's a snowplow. They get out to check, and it's empty with some presents in the passenger seat. And the keys are in the ignition. I'm sure that won't come into play later. Oh, I assumed that the toys were the ones that were driving. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Vin. Yeah, there's a hole in the windshield, and Cockner's like, he must have sailed right through it. But Scott's like, it's been punched in, because I guess he specializes in windshield damage <laughs> yeah he worked for fucking uh what the fuck is that like auto replace like windshield fucking service safe light repair safe light replace yes there you go you got it although it would have been hilarious if you did see the plowman like just like buried in the snow with his feet hanging out like two feet away from him <laughs> but now you went through it see <laughs> your fucking theory's stupid adam scott <laughs> I wish he was, like, stacked on top of another dude, like the dudes who are in Jack Frost, <laughs> to show that they invented an accident. <laughs> it was just, like, laid down gingerly on him. Anyways, Cockner gets some guns for them to look around, and at the house, the baby and the dog are hanging out. Wow, that was all of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the baby so and the dog <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Start the clocks? <laughs> Uh, Tolman is surprised to find Colette has their mom's old tree angel. Then she grabs a picture ornament on them and says, Wow, you saved everything. Okay. They are sisters. (laughs) They hear something on the roof and everyone looks around quizzically. And Colette thinks it's just squirrels, but on two and a half beds, like, that's no fucking squirrel. Then there's a loud crash, like, way loud, and the whole house shakes, and Colette afterwards is like, see? Squirrels. It's like, have you never seen a squirrel? <laughs> yeah, there's squirrels around their neighborhood are, like, bench-pressing squirrels. Like, they're hulking big fucking squirrels. <laughs> yeah, like, my son has an animal matching game where sometimes he points at a raccoon and he goes, monkey? It's like what Tony Collette's doing with, like, a bear? And, like, fucking squirrel nailed it. <laughs> Got it in one. Look at that fucking squirrel. It's like I think you need you need to go through those freaking books one more time. She's like, you know, the weird thing though is that I thought squirrels hibernated during winter. <laughs> Not these ones. <laughs> anyway, Scott and Cockner go into the boyfriend's house, but everything is frozen and all the lights are off. They are less freaked out about this than they should be. <laughs> Yeah, they are not conveying any bit of concern. It's just like, yeah, no, there's ice everywhere in the house. Obviously, it's snowing out. It's normal. <laughs> I mean, every time there's a blizzard, it pretty much turns into the ice world from Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Does it play the song, too? Uh-huh. Now, there's a little gingerbread man stabbed into the fridge, and Cockner's like, hmm, whoever did this is a demented son of a bitch. Yeah, how could he do that to such a gingerbread cookie? <laughs> there's a crack in the wall, and Cockner's like, I think a gas line blew. Yeah, sure, that explains all of this. <laughs> 
Yeah, it also explains somebody that propped up those two gingerbreads looking like they're fucking. <laughs> what kind of demented creature does that? Then they find some hoof prints in the snow in the house, and I'm imagining them like trying to figure this out in the head, and they're like, okay, so like the elf came in, right? He grabs a knife. <laughs> He stabs the gingerbread guy into the fridge, right? He immediately goes to blow up the gas line, and then I imagine he hoofs it out of here. Now, did you say elk? <laughs> yeah, no, it could be very clear. Yeah. And I'm guessing, because he's not here, uh, boyfriend rode him out of here. <laughs> it's that dirty, nasty fucking boyfriend all along. You're like, shit, that's probably who he was cheating on her with. <laughs> Anywho, they can hear a teen daughter screaming now, and they run out of the house looking for her with flashlights, and Cockner steps on something in the snow and gets dragged off and sucked down into it, and Scott pulls him out, but Cockner's like, something's biting me. What so is Scott it? Sh- <laughs> I don't... I mean, it's like the jack-o'-lantern thing, isn't it? Or, the, I mean, the jack-in-the-box thing? No, no. Well, it's, or it's just like a snow monster? Yeah, it's like, yeah, some sort of tremors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Oh, shit, Vin, tremors. Oh. I'm gonna write that down mentally. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Scott shoots down into the snow, and whatever it is is skittering off. And then Scott drags a limping cockner back to the Hummer, but it is on fire now and crushed. Probably from the outside. <laughs> How can you tell? I don't know. Or maybe a gas line blew in it and like a fucking elk stabbed a gingerbread man. <laughs> I don't know. Neither of us are detectives and obviously none of this makes sense. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh- Colette's back at the house, and she wants to go looking for them, but Tobin's like, no, don't. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Worked. <laughs> when she's about to leave, I mean, that's like the type of time this movie has. They just like, like, do they... they go to look for them? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to a different scene, and then they, did, they definitely went to look for them then. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> All right. They then. don't get around to it. <laughs> Anyways, when she's about to leave, Cockner and Scott come back into the house, and Cockner starts freaking out, but Scott's like, shut your fucking mouth, there's kids here. Put a good face on it. So he immediately changes tag and says, um, probably stepped in a bear trap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because remember, she's like, no, it's definitely a squirrel. So that's why there's bear traps everywhere. Like, I think you mean squirrel trap. Colette <laughs> <laughs> uh, marshals the kids out of the room and asks out two and a half men to watch them. And Scott asks German grandma to help him with the kids. And she cryptically tells him to keep the fire hot. Hey, grandma, now's the fucking time. Yup. Dope. Apparently it isn't, though. You know what she doesn't say, Vin? It's like, keep the fire hot so a fucking Krampus doesn't come down the chimney for us. <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, he has his minions, as we'll see. Alright, so Aunt Two and a Half Man is making some hot chocolate with booze, and she gives some to Dead-Eyed Cousin. 
<laughs> so alright, this was a bad babysitting decision. <laughs> yeah, clearly you can't like she's that kind of aunt where she's just like, hey, you're fucking snickered out, aren't you? Just like Wonder Woman. Yeah, she spent too much time hanging out with Charlie Sheen. That's the problem. <laughs> Alright, so they tell Colette what happened. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. You got attacked by a snow monster. Uh, how come our daughter's not with you? And Scott's like, no, we'll like definitely go back for her. But I think in a way, she's safer out there where I'm not currently being eaten by a snow monster. And she's like, what'd you say about a snow monster? And he's just like, bah, 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 bah. You'll see. She's like, I think you mean bear. (laughs) Why don't you go fucking lay down and take a nap? (laughs) Tobin wants to leave, but Cockner's like, the Hummer's blasted because the gas line blew and also an elk stabbed a gingerbread man. (laughs) And clearly you can see the glass is punched in right here. They're like, what the fuck (laughs) are you talking about? (laughs) What are we doing? It's all in my notes. And Scott asks Cockner how much ammo he has because he wants to stay here and look for Teen Daughter when the weather breaks. <laughs> Probably too late by then, but okay. That would be pretty great. It's just like, <laughs> I just had a terrible thought. But it's like a day or two goes by, the snow's melted. There's her dead body just like hanging on the storm drain. <laughs> Yeah, no, it'll be like the time that I, like, fell in my driveway in a snowplow. <laughs> Plowed my keys into a snowbank where it's just like, well, you'll get those again in the spring. <laughs> I said, imagine those, the snowplow plows the dead body into the snowbank. <laughs> be like, Tony Collette, please, it'll be April eventually. She can't hide forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyways the Steeler fans come into the room and are like oh did someone take our cousin <laughs> and oh. Tobin tries to reassure Colette later that her daughter isn't dead okay <laughs> I mean whatever helps you sleep at night the front of the house is boarded up now and Cockner thanks Scott for saving him from the snow monster and Cockner goes on to say sorry for thinking you were such a spineless dick all these years <laughs> and he's like I should have said that out loud. Yeah, and I'm thinking about like, man, I guess like a dick with no spine probably can't get hard. I mean, I'm not an anatomy expert, but that's my feeling on the matter. Just pushing rope forever. (laughs) I feel like it's just hanging there. Uh, Rudolph comes up next to Scott, who tells him he should go to sleep, but his son responds reasonably, how? (laughs) He's the only one that's asking the real questions. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Rudolph tells his dad that Grandma's been acting differently since the storm. And Scott's like, she always gets weird around Christmas for some reason. But not a reason she tells her family. (laughs) Oh, Grandma. So many fucking chances. (laughs) And the family all gathers to sleep in the living room. And Cockner tells Scott that... Him and his wife fight, but he can't imagine his life without her. <laughs> a freaking, like... I Like, how do they, like, end up getting to that, like, point where it's, like, they have to shoehorn in their fucking, like, relationship where it's, like, I don't think any of us give a fuck about your relationship. 
All this is like the Steven Spielberg thing, which is like you can do the spectacle, but you need like a personal thing for the hook. But if you don't do it well, it kind of just makes both things worse. Here's the thing. Do you truly believe through the acting, guys, between Tony Coilette 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 Tony Coilette and Adam Scott that they like have like some sort of marital problems? I mean, they haven't really sold it other than they're like, oh, uh, just tell them that like you miss each other. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? I I don't. It's a horror movie. I don't give a shit about that. I mean, like, do it or don't. Like, make people care or don't. <laughs> yeah, they're like half in, half out. This movie's only an hour and a half, and it feels like it's almost a three-hour fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to spend two minutes on this, like, don't fucking bother. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Rudolph comes up next to Scott. Oh, no, wait, no. That was before. All right. The family all gathers to sleep in the living room. Oh, no. We already did that. (laughs) Cocker is taking first watch while Scott gets some sleep. And then we cut to Cocker immediately asleep and snoring. And we hear Silent Night playing on someone's phone while everyone sleeps. And the phone finally dies. And then there is some pitter-patter upstairs and some evil-sounding laughing. Is there a clatter, too? Yeah, I arose to such a clatter. You mean a ladder. You watched the wrong movie. <laughs> anyway, some hook starts coming down the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> There's what I thought was a toy shaking on it, but it's actually a gingerbread man. I mean, like, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you can tell. Now, Dead-Eyed Cousin wakes up and immediately it's like, I gotta eat that fucking abomination. <laughs> I mean, it's the only way to defeat it, right? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm constantly looking for food that also falls into Uncanny Valley. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not quite real, but also like sort of alienatingly close. Anyways, he pulls the gingerbread towards him and bites his head off, but it comes to life and wraps the chains around him and then whistles. And someone pulls the cousin up into the chimney like it was a fucking fishing hook. Oh, man. It's like, this isn't the first time that we've seen a chubby kid definitely fucking have to pay for his crimes of, uh, you know, being a sloth. Oh, yeah. He immediately gets Augustus glooped. (laughs) My chocolate. (laughs) Now, the parents wake up and grab his legs. And while Colette is holding on for dear life, the Christmas tree lights on fire. I assume because Gabriel Byrne tossed a book into it. (laughs) You're always thinking about the future. (laughs) The gingerbread guy drops down. No, no, you're thinking Gail Garcia Bernal. I was Uh, making a hereditary joke. Oh, whoops. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, now I'm getting it. (laughs) Now I'm getting it. Hey. Yeah, that's right. The gingerbread... <laughs> it was a pretty good one, man. Come on. The gingerbread guy drops down and laughs at Colette, which really sets her off. And the dead-eyed kid eventually gets sucked up the chimney, and his shoe drops down, smacking Cockner in the head. And Cockner's like, what unholy thing was that? And then he's like, it was my fault for falling asleep. 
Correct. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that would have happened. You need to keep your kids mouth fucking in check. Then German Grandma says in German, no, it's all our faults. But actually, Grandma, it's, no, it's your fucking it's fault. It's your fucking fault for not saying anything, you fucking bitch. <laughs> then she just... <laughs> And then she decides it's time to speak in English instead because it's time to prepare ourselves for the third act. Yup. We, we fi- are in an animated <laughs> flashback. We finally get here, folks, and we're in claymation land. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it's a fucking Christmas episode of Community. <laughs> uh, claymation Grandma is a little girl getting some bread at a truck, and a bunch of people come and take some bread from her. And she holds her little Santa doll sadly and goes home where her parents fight. And she holds up her Santa doll to her parents like, don't fight anymore, I got this shitty doll. But they just stop long enough to rip it up and throw it on the ground. <laughs> I fuck your doll too. And sadly she tosses it in the fire and then Home Alone style, she wishes for her family to go away. Yeah, she was a sweet little girl once, but then the world turned her. Yeah, like, they broke one doll, though. She's like, I guess kill this whole fucking town. (laughs) Yeah, she says in PG terms, I wish them all away, but really this little girl was like, fucking butcher them, kill them, (laughs) spill the blood. Fucking look at their intestines on the street. (laughs) I want random dogs coming up to, like, pull it out of there. Krampus is reading this letter going like, Jesus Christ. You were like, the fucking Germans are sick. No wonder the Holocaust <laughs> happened. Hey, what's, what he, wait, I, wait, related <laughs> question. Let's get to it. I don't, I, let's not, let's just fucking mix it up. Vinny, was Grandma Nazi? <laughs> are you saying, was she a part of the Holocaust? I mean, how old is she supposed to be? Because she looks like about 80. So, like, what are we talking here? 1935? Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, probably. Or are you saying right, that, right. like, her fucking... Hitler came to power in 1932. I mean, it's all there. That's true. So is she saying that Krampus is Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I knew Hitler would return after all these years. I never believed. I, get, <laughs> I never believed he committed suicide. It's also like the movies, like, well, nobody ever knew about the Krampus thing because of all the other stuff happening in Germany <laughs> at the time. They never believed us. They're like one evil thing at a time, please. <laughs> it's just like the whole village disappeared, but also all those other people, unfortunately. <laughs> Krampus is like, oh, this is just like convenient timing. <laughs> Maybe we finally went too far, Finn. <laughs> Anyways, that night, in the darkness of a howling blizzard, she got her wish. St. Nicholas didn't come. Instead, it was the shadow, Krumpus. <laughs> Krumpus. And then when he looked at the little girl, he gave her like a look like, you sick, twisted little shit. Like, someday you're going to take my job. That's how this is going to go. <laughs> As he's pulling the head off of one person, he looking at her, he's like, this? Like this? This is how you want you like, you sick fuck. (laughs) And she's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mama like. (laughs) 
That's why she didn't tell her family. She's like, I want it again. <laughs> She's like, I want that bloodbath. Anyways, Krampus comes not to reward, but to punish. Not to give, but to take. And he's kind of like a goat man with little gingerbread horns. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're gingerbread horns. They're like just long, like looking fucking like ram horns. Oh no, uh, gingerbread horrors fit. He has little horrible <laughs> gingerbread. Man. Oh, I thought you meant like when you said horrors, I thought like be like prostitutes. <laughs> gingerbread. That would be something too, but unrelated to this. <laughs> And anyways, Grandma says she could only listen as he dragged her family into the other world, but he left her as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, or because he just lost track of time. <laughs> it's like, or he I mean, forget- she doesn't fucking know. He like lo- he fucking like didn't see her, and he was just like, ah, oh, shit, and he left his bell. And she's like, he left me as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost and the Christmas spirit dies. I guess he did a shitty job because he didn't tell anybody, <laughs> did you, Grandma? She fucking forgot. Like, Jake, she's got Alzheimer's, probably. <laughs> <laughs> then she holds an ornament he left behind, and Cockner's like, Crazy old bitch, an evil Santa. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, The time for Tails is over. He grabs his gun and pulls it on Scott for trying to stop him. <laughs> fucking, then he starts <laughs> like, you fucking tell your grandma to freaking shut up, man. And then, Scott tells him to stay because there's four other kids to protect. Which means that, like, so Scott has obviously already made peace with his daughter being gone, too. We're like, come on, like, let's save the ones that survived, you know what I mean? Yeah, done, and wow, what a... See... Before, I was just like, I don't see that Adam Scott being, like, such a terrible parent. It's just like, oh, no, there it is. (laughs) Now, Tolman tells Cockner to stay, but he heads into the yard, and there's a ton of shadow snowmen, and that's probably not a problem. Then he can hear some evil laughter in the darkness. I guess he stays mid because we see him later, but I don't remember him actually deciding to. No, I don't either. Who cares? Yeah, it's not that important. Now, Colette shuts Cockner outside and tells everyone else not to open the door. And Rudolph wants to know what we do now. And Scott's like, we keep the fire hot. Winking at Grandma. Okay. (laughs) On the advent calendar, there's a little teddy bear sitting under... (laughs) Jake in context. (laughs) You said keep the fire hot. She's looking at Grandma like, wink. It's just like... <laughs> She's like I toss her ass on the fire. <laughs> like, thanks for keeping it to yourself, you old crazy bitch. <laughs> Anyways, on the advent calendar, there's a little teddy bear sitting under the tree. And the Steelers fans ask Grandma, what happens if you're good all year and, and leave out the cookies? She's like, It doesn't matter what you do, it's what you believe. Okay. Seems like a bunch of bullshit to me. (laughs) It's like, like, no, Santa really wishes that you would be pounded fucking Coca-Cola all year. (laughs) He's got, if, listen, if Santa comes in your house and you don't have at least 12 six packs of fucking, like, Coca-Cola, oh, man, he's gonna dial up Krampus on ya. Yeah, I mean, Santa gets a 25% cut. (laughs) And she says something the son doesn't understand in German, and on two and a half beds, like, she said, we're fucked. 
<laughs> and then the grandma's like, no, I didn't. You're fucking stupid. Be like, this one ignorant. <laughs> In the other room, Scott asks Colette what she saw up the chimney, and Colette's like, uh, you believe that Krampus story before I tell you, right? <laughs> She's like, we should go find the teenage daughter together. Like, again, just wait for the snow to melt. Tolman's in the other room, sadly holding a present that's wrapped for her now-dead son. And she finds another present that's making a weird noise. And it sounds like another jack-in-the-box. And she's about to open it, but Colette interrupts to ask if they can talk to Tolman and Cockner about their plan. This is how I knew Cockner was still there. <laughs> You're like, oh, get it, get it, all right. And they point out on their map how they want to get to the mall using the abandoned plow or the police station bringing help back. Sure. <laughs> Whatever brings the plot forward. In the other room, some of the presents are shaking, and we have some more gremlins-like laughter coming up from the inside of them. And then Rudolph is looking out the yard with some binoculars, and he sees, I guess, Krampus looking back at him with binoculars. <laughs> and then Krampus is like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Gotta hide. <laughs> Steelers fans are going upstairs because ah two and a half men clogged the toilet. Ha ha ha. She's fat. She shits a lot. That's the joke. <laughs> it wasn't funny then, but it's funnier now. <laughs> fat people are humans like you and me. They're just like shit-clogging <laughs> monsters. Anyways, they talk about whether or not their brother is dead. Probably. <laughs> They hear their cousin's voice coming from the attic. <laughs> <laughs> the voice tells them to come upstairs. <laughs> Some bitch. Downstairs the parents Downstairs the parents suddenly hear a scream and there's some more ungodly laughing upstairs. And Rudolph tells his grandma that it's all his fault this is happening. Again, no, it's Grandma's fault. <laughs> it's why you keep fucking pointing like the blame elsewhere. It's like clearly the woman who knew all about this. It, it's it's on her. <laughs> be like, throw around the fucking street and be like, here you go, Krampus. You forgot her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're in a car with someone that knows the bridge is out, they let you drive off of it. <laughs> And then down in the ditch, they're like, kind of, it's all of our faults because we get the bridges we deserve. It'd be like, kind of, it's your fault for not telling me to take a left about a mile back, you asshole. <laughs> Anyways, Cogner tries to get the dog clock to stop, but his dog's too clever and goes to hide. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, dog, go upstairs. The dog's like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I'm going to live for another day. <laughs> now, the parents are upstairs looking for the Steelers fans. And in the attic, they find a bunch of tarn open presents and some gingerbread tins. And there's loud noises. It's Jake's and favorite. Downstairs, Aunt Two and a Half Met is holding the crying baby. And there is more laughing. And then Cockner's limping around and finds some smashed up stuff in the dining room. And we got your basic horror movie hide and seek. You know, laughing, 
Flashlights. Nothing there. <laughs> yeah, this goes on for quite a bit. Too long. <laughs> Upstairs, they find a jack-in-a-box connected to what looks like 10 feet of worm. <laughs> yeah, that... It's pretty horrifying. So for it looks kind of like the giant fucking snake worm from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> a little bit. At least, like, the body. He does have, like, a scary cloud face that, like, opens up his jaws. Kind of like it does. Yeah. I, what's creepy about it is, like, it's this hulking-looking, like, porcelain, like, clown. That, like, its mouth opens up like Predator. I think what I, I do find funny about it is that it always looks kind of surprised to see people like, oh, <laughs> it's like, I think you can handle it, bro. So that thing comes popping out and it's sucking down one of the Steelers fans. Yep. And then Scott shoots at it and it skitters off. Yeah, and downstairs. Scared. He scared it. Yeah. <laughs> if we asked the Jack in a Box, uh, did I scare you? would say, oh, yeah, the gunfire scared me. <laughs> That got me good. They're like, you know what I don't like is getting shot. Um, <laughs> and then we asked the clown, if you were a character, what would you be? He'd be like, I guess I'd be the jack of the box today. One of the Steelers fans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of your thing. Uh, anyways, downstairs, Cocker gets a bunch of nails to his leg from some gingerbread men shooting a nail gun. And upstairs, a horrifying angel wakes up and swoops down on Colette tackling her. Yeah, it's got like a worm tongue. <laughs> and Scott warns Tolman about a bear, but she doesn't hear him. And Colette's like, you mean squirrel, <laughs> as it tackles her sister. Yeah, it's this like big, like, well, it's not big. I'd say it's like, I mean, it's a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, it's about an evil teddy bear about the size of a lab. With big fucking jaws. And then Cockner shoots the gas stove and blows up the gingerbread man. And the bear, or squirrel, is biting Tolman. So we're, Scott we're trading off. We're going upstairs, downstairs, upstairs. You know, we're, we're fucking flip-flopping here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Scott pulls it off and tosses it. And the angel is tonguing Colette's face. <laughs> I laughed a little bit. And then an evil robot attacks Scott, and Cockner tries to get an action movie star lying on the gingerbread men, but they rush at him on fire, and one's <laughs> about to get him, but the dog eats it midair. Yeah, which I assume that that dog burnt its mouth by eating a flaming cookie. <laughs> also, like, cookies, not good for dogs. No, not at all. Not those kind of cookies. And that dog's robot... gonna have the worst shits after eating a flaming cookie. <laughs> Hmm. Disapprove. <laughs> the robot is stabbing Scott, and the angel is choking Colette, and the jack of the box is crawling around the vents. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> this is when this movie nominally gets good, but, like, I don't give a shit, so. Jake's like, the lack of interest has been sucked completely out of him at this point. So it's like, we're at, like, an exciting portion of the movie, and Jake's like, I just, I wish that this happened so much, so much earlier. I would have never cared, let's be honest. <laughs> they're like, they're like toys, but scary. And I'm like, like, child's play? They're like, way worse. 
Yeah, kinda. Especially that angel that's tongue in fucking Tony Coyle head. <sighs> Anyways, Toma gets an icicle and stabs the bear through its eye. And she grabs an axe and whops the robot and the angel. If you think that's the end of it, unfortunately, no. <laughs> they win. That's it. It's the end of the movie. <laughs> and she tries to get the jack-in-the-box, too, but it scampers off and leaves one of the Steelers fans behind alive. And the robot's back, but Colette shoots it away. Okay. Here's they the go question. Down... How's this big hulking fucking, like, snake like jack-in-the-box fit in the vents <laughs> what kind of vents do you have in your house i guess it's forced hot air heating right Finn? Uh, yeah it's central air so yeah no they're gonna have ductwork problems for sure <laughs> uh let's see they go downstairs and tell the aunt one of the twins is missing they don't say and like some kind of horrifying thing ate her and the jack-in-the-box is stuck in the vents, and Tolman sends the dog in after it. Stop the clock, you fools! <laughs> Poor dog. Then the jack-in-the-box drops through the vents covered in goo that I imagine is the viscera from the dog's body. <laughs> yeah, as it picked the fucking dog apart, it was just like, ooh, what a tasty treat. But unfortunately, it made it too fat for the vets. <laughs> that was it. He was just like one dog away from fucking just busting a freaking seam. It's the <laughs> proverbial straw on a camel's back, man. But it was a dog in a jacket box's belly. <laughs> and Cockner goes to shoot it, but the angel drops down on him. See, I told you, they're all back. Who cares? <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> What is hope? There is no hope. It's just like, none of this means anything. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Power They're just going to jump on him and go like, ah, ah, <laughs> then someone else is going to shoot it. And like, none of it, none of it counts. None of it's like makes a difference. Except We're this, all going like, to live our lives the same tomorrow. Except the angel's going to start like tongue kissing fucking hit Ab Scott. <laughs> <sighs> the bear gets behind grandma, but on two and a half men shoots it dead. Then the angel too. Why do her bullets count more than the others? Who cares? Don't worry. We're not even gonna you know, act like we're gonna count bullets in this movie. Then she cocks the gun to shoot the jack of the box, but it starts clapping, which I did appreciate. <laughs> he does like little like 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 soft claps. <laughs> and then the German grandma says elves, but she says it all Germany, so like we're like Elvis. <laughs> Elvis? And she's like, no, no, Elvis. And it's just that like fucking yeah. Elvis stops at the door like shit, I thought it was my cue. <laughs> I'm Where's... like a Christmas demon now or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that peanut butter and banana sandwich stuff? Anyways, they burst through the window, and they look like little goblin men, basically. Yeah. Kind of cool. And they drag on two and a half men off, and nobody picks up the crying baby. <laughs> yeah, they just leave that baby just hanging out on the fucking floor, you know? Cool and calm as could be. That thing's totally safe. Yeah. And then one of the elves picks up the baby, like a lineman picking up a fumble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no! The baby's not safe. And then it turns back dramatically, like, are you seriously not going to try to stop me? <laughs> He's like, it'd be kind of funny if he dangles the baby, like, here, you want it? Oh, you want it? Whoa. 
And Tillman screams, but doesn't do shit. Yeah, they're paralyzed in fear over these Elvis. Elvis? <laughs> they hook they hook on two and a half men up to some chains and drag her off. And then Cockner drives on the dives on the jack of the box in. That's the end of him. Yeah, I don't why? I don't know. He just Who cares. Yeah, fuck it. They hear the dulcet cries of Krampus, so all the elves retreat. Dulcet cries of cramp. What? What's he crying about? He should be pretty excited. No, I mean he's like, and they're like, oh, that's him. He's that's no, Santa's he's cr- shadow. Oh, he's. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like he's crying, like he's upset. Yeah, crying <laughs> tears of joy because that grandma didn't say shit. He's like, yeah, that's wonderful, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Maybe she like you know like cut a deal with him. Like she, like secretly, they're working together. <laughs> Could be, Vin. And Scott asks if everyone's okay when they leave, and then decides it's time to go for the snowplow now. Sure. Why not? We got to this point of the movie. <laughs> Still looking back now, that house is destroyed, anyways. Krampus hops on the roof, and Old Saint Nick starts playing on the radio. They'll go outside, but Grandpa's decided for noble sacrifice instead. You know what's weird? Is the elves broke through a wall in the fucking house and Krampus chooses, nah, I'm going down chimney style. Yeah, he's Santa. I get it, but it's just like, you know, what's 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 the point of the theatrics, man? You gotta work your shit in, Vin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> alright, let's see. They all go outside, but Krampus... Dis- oh, okay. Rudolph tells his dad... That uh, Grandma wants to face Krampus. She's trying to help. This is for you fucking idiots in the audience that'd be like, why would she stay behind? (laughs) What kind of mouth breather doesn't fucking know why she's doing it? Granted, like, her effectiveness makes me question her decision, but we'll get to that in a moment. Her body is so frail. Like, like, what's she gonna do? Like, throw one little fucking, like, soft punch at him? He's gonna laugh and, like, snap her wrist? Probably. Oh, Vinny, I had a note for this that I forgot. I said some guy who was just checking his phone. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> anyway, she's waiting in the living room, and Krampus is heading down the chimney. And we see his big old horns first. And he comes ambling up to Grandma slowly and holds his claw out to her. And then he sends out a weird tongue. <laughs> All about that fucking tongue action, man. <laughs> Then he sits out a bag of demon toys at her feet, so... Yeah, she gets it. She's gone, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's just the end of that story. We fucking get it. <laughs> now, the family's outside making their way through the snow towards the plow, and the jack-in-the-box is sandworming towards them in the snow. <laughs> and Scott shoots at it and tells Colette to take the family and leave him behind. And the jack-in-the-box is circling Scott until he runs out of ammo, then he gets sucked under... And Colette gets to the plow, but Tolman gets caught now. And Colette shuffles remaining Steelers fan into the plow. And then Tolman gets sucked under the in the meantime. And then I, Colette too. You said remaining. At first I was like the remains of Steelers fan. <laughs> that would be awesome, but no. Steelers fan tells son, we have to go. And how's this 10-year-old supposed to drive this fucking plow out of here? Oh. Then the elves get all grabby. 
and they start it and drag them both out of there. And Rudolph manages to knock an elf into the snow, and it gets sucked away. And we can hear his cousin scream as he as she gets dragged off into the distance. Oh fucking, yeah! I I mean like, she she came in she came out of this movie about as quick as we all wish we would too. Yeah, unfortunately, Krampus lands in front of Rudolph and drops his torn up letter and the ornament for him. And then it cuts to black with Grandma's reminder about when she was left behind. So I guess this kid's going to let his grandson die, too. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, that's the deal, man. It's just like, keep it a secret. And he's like, gotcha. Like, Mum's the word, as we would say in <laughs> German. As he, like, fucking winks at him and, like, his, like, snake tongue is just like... <laughs> hey, Krampus, Danka. Anyways... <laughs> Rudolph wanders until he finds all the Christmas horrors partying. He shouts out, hey, assholes, at them. And Krampus is like, the fuck? Yeah, fucking fuck off, kid. And then he shouts back that he takes back his wish. He holds the ornament and tosses at Krampus, saying, give me back my family. Yeah, that should do it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, because, like, all of a sudden, like, it's like, this is going to stop the evilest lord of Christmas. Yeah, maybe Grandma didn't think to say, like, oh, I take it back. <laughs> I mean, clearly she did it. She's not stupid because she fucking lived, you know? <laughs> she was like, I wanted them dead, and then they were dead. It was great. <laughs> She's like, listen, it was awesome. And then I was like, okay, I can't live my life like alone like this forever. <laughs> yeah, I have to build up enough acquaintances to do it again. <laughs> And it took her 80 years, but she did it. Anyways, the ornament sinks into the snow, and it opens up a giant flaming pit. And they're bringing his cousin to the pit, but Rudolph runs towards them and tells them to let her go. And Krampus is hissing at his elves to stop. And Rudolph pleads with Krampus to fix it. And Rudolph offers to take her place. And <laughs> Krampus takes a tear off his face and tastes it like, mmm. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, kid, you're going to love this. Then he sort of like holds it up approvingly to his friends like, gentlemen, it tastes legit. <laughs> yeah. And then and... all the elves and Krampus starts laughing. Then they turn around and toss his cousin in the pit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of actually really enjoyed this scene. I'm like, wow, what a fucking prick. I love it. Then Krampus grabs him and holds him over the pit, too. Like, you see, asshole? <laughs> He's just like, should've just kept your mouth shut. Fucking walked away like your fucking bitch grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe going too heavy on the beat with grandma. <laughs> she didn't say anything. It's her fault. Then Krampus, oh, uh, let's see. Rudolph apologizes, saying he just wanted Christmas to be like it used to. Then he heads down into the fire. Then he wakes up in his bed and he opens up his advent calendar and finds a nice Santa inside. And his family's all gathered around the Christmas tree. The lights are on. Everything is fine now. And his sister is back. She's not eating or anything. And he tells everyone he had a bad dream. His grandma gives him a hot chocolate. They're passing the Christmas presents around. And Rudolph hugs his mom and dad and says, Merry Christmas. And he opens up some box he got handed. And it's the Krampus ornament in it. 
when he holds it up, everyone's faces drop like you were supposed to keep that quiet. <laughs> anyway, Santa Claus is coming to town, fires up on the record player, and it pulls out to show Krampus was watching them in a snow globe, and he's got a ton of those fuckers. It's over! Do you think that he's got those collections of, like, snow globes that he's got, like, a favorite few that he, like, saves? Yeah, no, I think it's probably, like, Netflix shows where there's, like, some you like and then some that you watched half of an episode and you're like, nah, that's not for me. It's just, like, those ones are, like, all the way in the back with, like, dust covers on it. He's just like, I forgot I had those. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'll get back to it someday. Or it'd be even funnier if, like, he's, upon his collection, he's, like, scooting fucking, like, globes, like, to, like, make room for, and all of a sudden he accidentally drops one and breaks it and kills the family. <laughs> like, oops. It's like, to be fair, I am an evil Santa, so <laughs> it's not even that big a deal. Vinny, you selected the movie this week. It falls on you to ask me the eternal question. Please proceed. I don't know if I should. <laughs> Jake, did I scare you? No, no, I hated this movie. It wasn't scary. It was boring. I hope we gave you some joy at home. Vinny, did it scare you? No, I, like, thinking back, I mean, 2015, I was like, I thought I liked this movie, and then I watched it, I'm like, God, it's like, it really takes forever for anything interesting to happen, and by the time that it does happen, it's like, I don't care. I just, I like the look of Krampus, at least. I would say that the design of all the horror stuff was pretty good, mm -hmm. but the story was not remotely interesting or funny or entertaining or yeah. scary. But other than that, I'm sure it was great. <laughs> it was something. Again, it made 61 mil, so... Yeah, because people were like, Krampus, I heard that thing online. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, Vinny, if you were anyone in this movie, who would you be? Oh, man. I would probably be the dog because I often eat things that are way too hot before any consideration, so. <laughs> yeah, who would I be, then? Who would I be? That tongue-kissing angel. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I would probably be that jack-in-the-box because I would also be more <laughs> frightened of people that I'm really more terrifying to. Are you one dog away from busting your seams, too? <laughs> <laughs> probably several dogs passed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I think I already know what your gifable moment is. Do you? Yes, yeah, the jack-in-the-box clapping. <laughs> Yeah, no, it for sure is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like anytime you're happy about anything, it works. Yeah, just... I like that. And then I, I like Krampus and the gang laughing at the kid after he, like, licks his tears. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, too. Why not? Yeah, that's about it. I guess the tongue-kissing the tongue -kissing angel, too. <laughs> that's so fucking weird. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the Jack in the Box opening is uh, Jaw is an actual like popular gif. It is. No, I've seen that. All That's right. it. I don't think we have anything else to say about this fucking movie. 
It was uh, a very talented group. Not that great a movie. I didn't like Trick or Treat either, so you're on fucking notice, Michael Doherty. I thought he already was on notice anyways. Probably. All right, Vinny, do we have any mail for this week? Let me check. Um, hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Right here. Oh. We got we got some mail. Oh, really? Who from? Well, from our friends, John and Chris. Oh, okay. Yep. So they write to us. Hey, guys. Been catching up on episodes and saw that you recently asked folks to send questions. We did because we're desperate. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to, you know, totally pull back the curtain. But, you know, hey, we want attention, too. <laughs> uh, since you asked... I thought I'd send two related questions for you to answer if you are interested. Well, baby, we are game. Yeah, please. What are they, Ben? Uh, Christina and I have he- have a heated debate about your theme song. Uh, Chick, what's our theme song? Uh, that would be the song Monster, which is our intro and outro from Rebel Escape Pod. Check them out on Spotify. And hey, this has been... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it sounds a lot like the amazing song Golden Brown by The Stranglers, featuring in the films Snatch and several other movies. But Chris doesn't hear it. Curious what you both thought. Here is a link to the song, and this is about where I'm going to drop in. Well, first I'm going to drop in Monster, just so you guys get kind of an idea of what that sounds like. And then I'm going to drop in Golden Brown by the Stranglers. Please do not tear down this episode from Spotify. <laughs> uh, Jake, all right, since we've heard this song, what do you think? Uh, it's always awkward to get into the middle of, like, marital disputes, although <laughs> that's arguably, like, John Hodgman's whole thing on his podcast. But That's uh, true. I do love that podcast. <laughs> John... To put this delicately, I'm not hearing what you're hearing. Yeah, I wish that I had your ears because I looked at this song up and down. It was just like, I... Maybe it's just the way that the intro swirls in Monster that, like, you kind of can maybe make, like, some sort of, like, connection. 
but like I'm just hearing like ballroom piano from fucking Golden Brown, and I'm not I'm not seeing it. Is it the vocals? Because I don't even see it from the vocals either. No, no, and I don't know a lot about that band, but they sounded pretty Irish. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's question one. I'm sorry. I I I'm not hearing it. Um, sorry, John. Question two. One of the reasons uh, we recommended Come True, which was uh, from their other email, which hey, stay tuned. I'm just saying, we might we might pick that movie. You know, you never know. Uh, was because of an amazing dream pop vaporwave soundtrack. Well, that's a mouthful. As a result, <laughs> we are curious what contemporary bands you listen to. Beyond Rebel Escape Pod, of course. Uh, alternatively, if you aren't really following contemporary music, who are your favorite bands? Jake, why don't you go first? Uh, classic bands that are my favorite bands are probably Nirvana and uh, Weezer, the first few albums, not so much the last few. <laughs> contemporary stuff. And when I say contemporary, I really mean like 15 years ago for most of it is uh, Arcade Fire, The New Pornographers, uh, Tennis, and I also like Courtney Barnett and Phoebe Bridgers. Contemporary? (laughs) Uh, I don't really have... Jake, give me a meaning of contemporary so I can kind of put a fucking finger on like maybe like a band that possibly could come close Newish, Vin. Like newish. Newish? Yeah, related to now. Related to now? Well, I mean, for like most newish bands I listen to is like it's a band called Idols. They're a uh a really like interesting punk kind of I wouldn't even say new wave, but they're a really interesting band. So I would check them out. They just put out a new album. Um but I mean, like, I listen to a bunch of different stuff. I listen to a lot of like pop punk and punk, like Newfound Glory, Four Years Strong. Those are bands. <laughs> and then sometimes I listen to hardcore, like Every Time I Die, and uh, Turnstile. Uh, but a lot lately, I've been listening to a lot of hip hop, so that's kind of been like my go-to. Yeah, I haven't heard of anything that you just mentioned, Vin. Not a one of them. <laughs> I could just keep like slinging names, and Jake would be like, "Yeah, sure, keep going." Like, yeah, you'd Zar- be like one of those like comics that just make up bands for like fake, uh, fake Lollapalooza lineups. <laughs> well, for hip hop, I've been listening to Zarface a lot and uh, Logic. So, It'd just be like, yeah, I listen to Inchworm and. Joe Pesci's pretzels and <laughs> Yabagoo. Jake had a really good fucking name for a band at one point in his life. And like, I think you should address it right here on the podcast. What was that band? Was it John Popper's third heart attack? Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Sorry, John Popper. I know you lost the weight. <laughs> You work so hard. Uh, so that's the end of the the emails. Keep up the amazing work, John. Thank you, John and Chris, as always, for emailing in. And God, please stop mentioning it. I'm going to send your sticker. <laughs> I'm so lazy. Are you, though, Vinny? <laughs> yes. Eventually. I'm so fucking sorry. Vinny, you're like the German grandma if Krampus was like, 
All right, well, I left you here to send out some stickers, and you're, like, on it. And then Krampus is going to show up, and you're going to be like, oh, shit, I should have sent out the stickers. I forgot to mention it. Well, in a way, we all get the Krampus we deserve. It's true. It's true. I am definitely living in that shadow. All right. Well, again, a thank you to John and Chris for writing in. Vinny, if someone else wanted to write in, where could they do so? They could do so by emailing us at our email address, disbypod at gmail.com. That's disbypod at gmail.com. And Vin, if instead they wanted to reach us on Instagram or Twitter... Instagram is did I scare you pod one word and our Twitter is DIS by pod. And please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. We love getting feedback. Yeah. Will we get to come true? Maybe oh. at some point. Oh, but Vinny, <laughs> it's time to find out because it's time for me to select the movie for next week. Oh, good. I can't wait to get punished <laughs> for picking this movie. <laughs> I, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to stick with the Christmas theme. Vinny, we will be watching the 1984 classic Gremlins. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we're burning through those Christmas movies. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> Who knows if we'll do this again next year? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Close the curtain here. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so where can you watch Gremlins? I don't know, all over the place, I bet. That one I do own. I'm looking at it right now. All right, great. So we're going to have fun with that and a certain special story about a Santa Claus gone (laughs) wrong. (laughs) You'll see. And Okay, Vinny, do you have anything else you want to talk about this week? Nope, I am all set. I want to get as far away from this movie as possible. All right, well, that's going to about do it for us this week. You have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. And I am his co-host, in America's littlest brother, Vin. And hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Yeah.